Today on Locked On Red Wings, we're going to continue our midseason grades by finishing up the forward core. Was Dominic Kubalik going to get? And is Jonathan Bergeron as a rookie good enough to get a high mark? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. And today, Scotty, we are going to do... Uh, finish up the Ford core midseason grades, and then tomorrow we, we we will shoot for finishing up all the player grades altogether, um, as we do defensemen and goaltenders. Scotty, what do you want to? Well, I guess we should probably lead off with first the guys we're not going to grade. Um, Philip Zadina, Austin Zarnick, Matt Luff uh, have not played enough games in our eyes to warrant grading them. Not a telling player. everybody we're not going to grade Zadina. I think there's some. So I think people just want to grade games. Zadina. He just played less than Zadina. ten. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. I mean, obviously, I agree with you. But yeah. So, anyways, what player, Scotty? We have seven fours to get through this episode. What players do you want to lead off with? That's a great question, Brian. I think we should. I'm going to pick two players, and then you pick the one we start with, okay? Okay. Kubalik or Fabry? I want to do Kubalik. I think that's a fascinating one. He is definitely a fascinating one. So, Kubalik is a guy who you signed for next to nothing. Next to nothing. Uh, two and a half million dollars, I believe. How long was this contract? One or two years? Let me double check on that one. I think one. it was a year. They signed so many guys this offseason to myriad of contracts that sometimes I, I struggle to keep it straight in my head. I'm checking right now uh, just so I have my facts straight because I, I like He's having also a hockey player. <laughs> he is a hockey player. And I think, and for what it's worth, I think he exceeded expectations as it was just uh, it is a two-year deal, so he's here next oh, year as well. I don't know why I thought it was a one. I mean, because cool. there's so many contracts that were signed, it's hard to keep them straight. But Dominic Kubalik, I think for two and a half million dollars, if he had stayed with Chicago as an RFA, he probably would have negotiated for more money. So they let him walk, and you signed him for less money than he probably would have made as an RFA. And his expectation was, can he reclaim any of that excellence that he had in his rookie season where he had 30 goals? Well, as a depth forward whose pure job is to just score goals, he's had 14 goals, which is tied for second on the team, and 20 assists in 48 games played, 34 points. That's already two points better than he had all of last year with Chicago. And he's basically he's on pace to smash his career high in points. He had 68 games played, 46 points in his rookie season. 30 of those were goals. I don't think he's going to hit 30 goals, but he should still – break through his career high in points this season with the Detroit Red Wings, which is going to make that signing incredibly high value. But as of late, if you want to take the full scope of his work into account, 
his his production has taken a pretty substantial step back. At the start of the season, he was incredibly hot. It felt like he couldn't not score a goal. Lately, it feels more like he's struggling to find the back of the net in general. So if you take both kind of the reverse of what happened with Lucas Raymond in that conversation we had yesterday, I think I'm okay giving him a B minus solely because his expectations were lower than Lucas Raymond. Yeah, his production has taken a step back recently, but he still exceeded expectations. I just hope he can kind of reclaim the value that like that that reclaim that hot streak that he had at the start of the season. I think a B minus is fair where it's still above my expectations, but not like soaring past it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm giving him like a B plus. I think that he's a goal away from leading the team in goals still at the All-Star break. Like if you would have, you know what I mean? Like if you would have said, if you would have told anybody that going into the All-Star break, he'd be a goal off of team lead. I think people would have called you. I mean, I know, I'm not trying to make it sound like it was ever impossible, impossible, but that is a that that is not something that I think we really expected. And when we were talking about you know what we were expecting out of Kubelik on the season, we had the goal total not too much higher than where he's at mm-hmm. like right now. And he's again it, we're we're a little past the halfway mark in the season. So uh, I I think that even with like it, obviously as you said we've talked about it on the show his production has definitely gone down but I mean there was a solid like month and a half where he was like a a goal every other night or something you know what I mean like that was obviously never gonna never gonna last and and again like when when you consider the value you consider uh, almost 15 goals at at the all-star break for a little over two mil a year uh, on a guy that had RFA eligibility last year like that that's it's just it's such a massive win that like the down step in productivity lately doesn't matter to me because if we were ever in a position where like Kubalik needed to put up a 40 goal season for this team to be good, then that's like our own fault. Like yeah. if, if given, given the, the value and given the type of player that he is and given the expectations of him, I, 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 I don't even need him to really go on like a huge hot streak in the second half of the season. This is already a, a pretty substantial win in my eyes. You know what? You've complete. you've swayed me. I think that I was being overly critical. I do think that I think you've swayed me. To, I think I'm agreeing with you that a B plus is right because I, I stated it out too. And then I still gave him a B minus. You're right, Scotty, that he has exceeded our expectations for what we had planned for him already at the start of the season. And even though the reason I gave him a B minus was just because that production has taken um, a huge step back recently, that doesn't change the fact that he's still out paced our expectations so you know yeah, what and, and i completely i i changed my grade i i go b plus two it, it's just like the like finding the putting the puck in the back of the net is definitely something that for him is always going to be somewhat inconsistent just because of his play style but um like at the end of the day he, he's going to get some some shots off every night and that you can at least rely on him for yeah. and i i appreciate that about him again like given the 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 price and the expectation and the role like he played was playing top line, top six minutes at one point. Like, I don't know, like the, the downturn in productivity doesn't really, doesn't really change the fact that I think this is a big win of a season. For sure. Yeah. I think the B minus uh, for me initially was also because I was, well, I mean, recency in- bias is not biased, but like, you know, his, his production in the last, I mean, month has been like substantially lesser. Like it's yeah. not a, 
I don't, I don't think it's like a ridiculously off base thing. It's just, I, my, my head usually just goes to, to, to value. And but you're right. I agree with, with you. that has, is still greater than what we expected. I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, despite that, I think, and also I was in, unintentionally unconsciously comparing him to other players on the team who have different roles and higher expectations. And I was comparing that to that. And that's not fair. Dominic Kubelik for what he was signed has been fantastic. Yeah. And even though that production has taken a step back, he's still, like you said, his production, he's met the production from last year already. So, and he still has another 30 games left to play to crush that and smash through it. So yeah, B plus is fair. I, I completely agree with you. You've, you've sold me on the B plus. Um, let's go instead. We're already kind of running up against the first break because Dominic Kubelik, we could talk a lot about him because he's kind of an enigma. Let's go with another guy who's going to probably be easier to grade. Okay. Um, instead of Robbie Fabry and go Adam Ernie, uh, this gritty forward is in and out of the lineup. He's played, he has played 43 games. Even so hits? Is season. he still even leading the team in hits? I just I, say that all the time. Cause he was like three weeks ago. I'm I, sure he is. Let me look at, uh, the individual stuff, but Adam Ernie so far this season, you know, you can look at his production. He's got 14.6 goals, eight, uh, eight assists. Oh, 14 is. points. Like 10. And he's actually on pace for breaking his career high in points as well. But you don't look at points when you talk about Adam Ernie. He's not that kind of player. We talk about him as a physical player. And like you said, he leads the team and hits by 10. Um, what kind of grade would you give Adam Ernie, who's your fourth line cycling in and out of the lineup kind of winger? Yeah, like a uh, like a C plus. I'd, I'd give him a C. Yeah, I, like he he's... He, he is what he is. And yeah, like this team, you know, I, I don't think any team whose most physical player is Adam Ernie is really a physical team, but like that, that's something that this team lacks. And he at least tries to, to hold up his end of the bargain in that department. Um, I, yeah, I, going into the season, I, I don't think anyone really expected a lot of production from Adam Ernie. He hasn't given very much production and that, like he he has been what we expect him to be. Yeah, it's like a solid. Yeah, C is fine. That that's fine. Yeah, I think that with C, it's just like he has been exactly what we expected, and he's a guy who's going to be gritty, go out there and skate hard for sixty minutes. Not not the highest skill guy, but he's going to get in the corners. He's going to lay bodies out. He's going to play on the penalty kill, and he's done that. He hasn't yeah. been like astounding. There have been a few. He's made several mistakes. Um, so, but like those stand out more than like the offensive. He's also got good ability to dip, tip the puck out in front of the net. So yeah, he's Adam Ernie has been Adam Ernie and that deserves a C. <laughs> yep. I'm with it. So uh, when we come back, we'll continue this conversation and we'll get into some of the other players, probably lead off with Robbie Fabry. But first I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win that first bet. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score that first touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet 
on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scott, you want to talk about Fabry since we were supposed to talk about yeah. it in segment one, but then we kind of. Yeah, yeah uh, that works. Robbie Fabry, you know, I, I almost don't want to talk about him because he's only got 12 games played this season. And this might be a little unfair of us to even talk about him because of that. But at the same time, we love Robbie Fabry, so we're doing it out of love for the <laughs> most part. Uh, I think given what he has, injury he has come off of, and I, I I don't really know what the expectation was for him. I think my expectation for him coming into the season was just to look like you could play hockey. And I think he's done more than that. In fact, he came out off of this injury looking extremely good. In 12 games played, he's got four goals, one assist for five points. Let Not popping on the score sheet as much recently. Uh, but you know what? I don't, I, this is really tough. I don't know what grade to give him because he started off those first few games killing it and it's been cooled off and it's been such a small sample size. Yeah. Like, it's like nearly impossible. Just be, I mean, he he's like, maybe just we should barely, give him an NA. <laughs> right. Like he, he's just barely played more games than like the people that were like, oh yeah, like we're not going to even talk yeah, about Yeah, We didn't that. do Zadina who played nine, but we'll do Fabry who played 12. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's I guess it's not much of a conversation because of that. That's a that's definitely right. I I think, you know, he really the biggest thing just since coming back for me was just like look like yourself and look like you I haven't missed a beat and uh you know like he was practicing with the team like for a while before he came back too, so there wasn't really like a conditioning thing. Um so yeah, like pretty pretty easy uh pretty easy for me to say that he has done that. Like he, he has not looked like he lost a step or anything. It's just about getting the production back. So yeah, like whatever, I don't even know. B minus. Sure. sure. There you go. We'll B just see, Congrats. we'll just say B range for Fabry because I, again, like now that we're talking about it out loud, it almost feels unjust yeah, to, I agree. to give him a, a grade at all. So we'll say B range. Uh, just because its sample size is so small and we're, we wouldn't do Zarnik who played 12 games, but we'll do Fabry play 12 games. makes no sense. Uh, so we'll say B range for Robbie Fabry. I think we just had a little bit of recency bias there because Fabry has been playing recently. We yeah, thought maybe yeah. in our heads he had played more, but no, not really. Um, how about Joe Valeno? Joey. V. That's a, that's a fascinating one. It is a fascinating one. So, so far, he's one point away from breaking his career high in points, which was sent last year, his rookie year. Um, he was a minus 14 last year. And so through so far through 47 games, he's a plus one. He's a plus one on a team with a negative goal differential of like 20. Now, granted, the goal differential takes in, in a, an account, into account, Jesus, power play and penalty kill, while the plus minus does not. Right. So, but regardless a plus one from a minus 14 in less than 20 games less played. I mean, that speaks a lot about what he brings on in a depth role on this team and his point production being one away from his career high, which again was his rookie season in 19 games less, I think speaks to a lot what his, how big of a step forward he's taken as a depth center. So I guess really when talking about Joe Valeno and grading him, we got to talk about what the expectation for him was. And I think the expectation for Joe Valeno here was a step forward. Continue your development. I think that's what we've seen. Yeah, you know, I I 
go back and forth a lot with him just because I, I don't like I don't want to sound super pessimistic about Valeno because I, I do believe like in the ceiling and that he can be kind of a, a solid middle six player. But um, I mean, his production this year, like it, it hasn't been like we, you know, listeners and us, we all have access to the same stats and like they're not. He's like 14 points in almost 50 games. Like it's it's not like it's and I know that it's a lot of fourth line and, and third line work and whatnot, but um I don't know. That's that's like a, a, a point a week. Like <laughs> I it's it's uh I and again, like I, I understand the situation he's in, and I'm not trying to sound super down on him as a player or anything or his future, but uh I, I mean I don't know, like a, like a C, I guess I was expecting a little bit more of like a step forward. I I don't think he's taken some like giant leap forward productivity wise. Like, yes, we talk about kind of the, the reasons, the off the puck stuff that he's done. We talk about a lot, but how many times have we done a game recap and we've been like, you know, who looked great tonight? Joe Valeno. I can't remember too terribly many. And so I, 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 again, still believe in the ceiling a hundred percent. I'm not trying to, just like bash him. This isn't like a failing season or anything, but when we're talking about like the, the expectations being raised, like amongst some of the the younger players that debuted last season, I I don't think he's taken that much of a leap forward this year. See, this is the first one that I'm actually going to disagree with you on. And I think this is because maybe we have different opinions of what his ceiling is and what our expectations are. I've kind of accepted personally that Joe Valeno is probably a bottom six center at best. He's a middle six center, like at, at an absolute, like he comes alive. He's a two C. Sure, I, I don't I really see that in most cases. In the same boat. Um, so when I look at what he played, he played bulk of the rookie year with the Red Wings last year, 60, what did I say? 66 games, 67 games with the yeah. Red Wings. And he's at 47 and his production has taken a step forward. And given that his role is probably going to be this bottom six, I actually would say that he has, I think he has exceeded my expectations. Not like a ton, like I'm not going to give him an A, but I, I would say a B for Joe Valeno because I think he had, He's been doing a lot of the good things. And I think when you talk about my expectations for him this season, it was just to see him do the little things better. I think he came into the year stronger, faster, um, smarter with the way he plays the puck. And don't get me wrong, he still makes dumb plays sometimes. But you see that that potential to be an everyday NHLer and be a legitimate force in the bottom six is there. And I, I, I'm comfortable giving him a B, especially like I just – I think he plays both sides of the puck pretty well. I, I've really liked what I've seen. So if you're giving, I, that's just where I'm at with Joe Valeno. And that's sure, okay I if mean, we disagree. I, 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 no, I, I mean, again, like I, I believe in the development of him still wholeheartedly. And I think I'm in the same boat as you, you know, like third line, give or take a line, I guess, yeah. up or down a line for, for his, uh, you know, ceiling at this point. I think that that's probably fair, but, um, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I just, my opinion of what, where the direction he is headed is different than like what I have seen so far in 47 games. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of like where the disconnect is for me. And like, yes, I still believe in the direction he's heading. I, I am still comfortable with where he's at developmentally, but, uh, I mean, I, haven't been like blown away by Valeno. I, I don't know. I feel like we haven't talked about him in like three weeks. Like we, we, he, he's, 
I'm not trying to say he's invisible, but like he's not the opposite of invisible either. So like it's just this constant. Uh, well, I guess let not constant. It's the opposite of constant. It's just kind of we'll we'll go days, weeks without even like notice or talking about his game on the show too. Like I, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm I'm not trying to like turn this into just like a bash fest. I still think he's having a solid season. I'm fine with a like I said a C or a C plus. Like that range is probably where I sit, but. Um, I haven't been blown away, and, and my opinion of him hasn't really okay, shifted. Fair enough. Hey, hey, we don't have to be right in sync on every single guy. Um, that would make for boring podcasting. You know, what we should do is be yelling at each other right now, just screaming uh, about why you right, are wrong and I am right. Um, but instead, something we can both agree on is how fantastic Bill Bars taste. I was I was hoping you were gonna say that. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. I had a really nice homemade lunch, Scotty. I, I made homemade mm. breaded chicken tenders, uh, and Allison roasted some broccoli and roasted some Yukon Gold potatoes. Chopped them up, seasoned them, very wow. good. And I brought that to lunch with me, and then for dessert, I've topped it off with a. Cookies and cream. I'm sorry, a cookie dough built bar puff, which is my go-to favorite because it, it has the real chunks of cookie dough in it. I had a churro yesterday. A, a built churro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the churro flavor built bar. I gotta get my hands on yes, one of those. Phenomenal. So, they're so good. Um, and the best part about those built bars, Scotty, is they're not just high in protein, but they're low in fat. They're low in sugar. Only 130 calories with four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So if you're like me and you're trying to get back to the gym and get back into it, I used to be so good about going to the gym. And these days, man, I'm slacking. But knowing that a built bar is on the other side of that gym workout, it helps get me through it. Helps me helps me get there. So if you want built bar, guys, go to built.com or you can go to Sam's Club and Walmart. You get a four-bar box at Walmart. They got cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. And if you go to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box with hit flavors of brownie batter and churro. You guys are going to thank us later. So if you're like me and just want to eat healthier and get in a better shape, or, hey, you just want a tasty snack. I mean, on all honesty, when they, they we would get those built Bars, and I would share them with my old roommates. A lot of times, they would just eat them. Instead, They don't go yeah, to the man. gym. They would just eat Same. them. Same. <laughs> Same, they're, literally they're a tasty same. snack. So go to built.com, go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart. You guys will not regret it. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. All right, Scott, we have three more players to get through. Let's get this guy out of the way because I think he is the most interesting player of the episode to talk about, and that is Jonathan Bergren, the rookie of the season. In 35 games played, he has 18 points, eight goals, 10 assists. Uh, and I think it's safe to say, Scotty, we are in love with this kid. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very safe <laughs> to say. He's uh, He is top. I think he's exactly 10th on the team in points. If you want to like be super literal about the ranking and he's played 10 or 11 fewer games than most Try of the 20. everyday starters. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So, yeah, it's... um he's he's awesome and i i think that we've we talk about him very often and you know i i think that his it's just it's so fascinating because 
watching him, there's so much he does like no matter what. He's just someone that you're drawn to no matter what the situation is, whether it's off the puck movement, whether the puck's on his stick. Like it's it's just he's he's so like captivating almost. Just like you, you your eyes always find him when when he's on the ice. So um yeah, I I think saying we love him is is very safe I bet. think that he has been completely as advertised in a way that last year we knew he was NHL ready but they decided to save him. Hold on to him. Right. Let him finish the year in Grand Rapids. He smashed the rookie record in Grand Rapids for goals and we knew we were going to be getting whenever he would make his debut, he would be getting we would be getting a all-around player. Like that's the style of hockey he is. He's smart with the puck. And he plays the puck very well. He's smart off the puck. He's just, he's a high hockey IQ guy. And he came into the NHL and immediately looked comfortable. You know, he's not going to go out there and win the Calder, but you're watching him play and you like, this is a guy that is going to be, I, I don't even honestly know where his ceiling is right now. Cause I mean, I easily could see him being a middle six forward for the rest of his career, but he's already been playing minutes on the top line when injuries happen and he's slotted in and looks comfortable. He's at a half point per game. He's got 18 points in 35 games played already. Eight, eight goals, 10 assists. I mean, he is been phenomenal and he doesn't look out of place and he still has rookie moments. He still has rookie games where, you know, sometimes it's like, Oh wow, this is the big show. But for the most part, he looks incredibly comfortable out there. And I think, when you're talking about grades for Jonathan Bergeron, I mean, A minus, he's, he's as advertised, if not better. I mean, he just came into the league and immediately has looked like a, like an actual NHL player. There hasn't been like a, uh, a buffer period, so to speak for him, where he's had to figure out how to play this speed. Like he came in and was playing this speed immediately. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think my uh, my brain immediately went to like B plus, so that's kind of the the same range B plus A minus area. Yeah, I, I mean we we talk about him almost nightly. I mean at this point when we're playing, at, he does something every night that impresses us. He's continuing to take strides. I think the most it, it, I don't know if important probably isn't the right word, but I think one of the more fascinating things you said there was that we don't really know his ceiling, and I think that that's accurate. Like I, I think that. He's at this really fascinating point in his career where he has impressed. He, you know, he's not putting up like point a game or anything where you're like, oh my goodness, like bona fide superstar. But like he, he's, he's impressed so much so quickly and the, the production has been there behind it so far in the career. Like, and again, like he does so many, I don't want to call them intangible necessarily, but he does so many things that that aren't just related to like point totals that you notice on a nightly basis. And I really do think that the in, in a positive connotation, like we don't really know his ceiling, like in a good way. Like it, it could be it could be I think most of the safe bet is probably like middle six forward. But um, I, I think we're at a point now where he's still impressing us and still showing us kind of who he is as a player where it could it could even continue to climb. So yeah, I, I'm very impressed with him. I, like I said, I, I kind of went B plus, but that is close enough to, uh, to, to yours. <laughs> uh, let's just bundle these last two guys together. Um, Oscar Sunquist, fan of the, uh, big fan of Oscar Sunquist as he's been on the show before. Friend of the show. Also Pew Suter. These are two guys I want to bundle together just because they're both bottom six forwards on this team. And I honestly, I think I might give them, similar ish grades 
Pew Suter this season with the Red Wings, his second year at the Red Wings, the final year of his contract. He's got 12 points, six and six and 45 games played. He had 36 points last year and admittedly a higher role as he was slotted to be the team's second line center last year. Um, so he got a lot more minutes, but this year we've seen, he's still Pew Suter, but his production has complete, has taken a slide. And so when it comes to Pew Suter, I'm comfortable giving him a C minus where he's slightly below what my expectation for him. I was hoping it would be. I I'm not been super impressed I mean, with I, him. If, yeah, if I can just jump in, I mean, yeah. what, if we were on talking about expectations, I mean, we had him as the third line center. It was our expectation going into the season like that. You know, at least we forget that was our expectation uh, at one point during like the preseason and, and before opening night. And that changed very quickly because of uh, his his production and how he looked on the ice. And uh, so, yeah, I I th- I mean. I'm not going to give them the same grade. I, I think Suter is, yeah, probably in like the C minus D plus range. Even that's like fair. that's, it's. Uh, I think if this team is fully healthy and they start having to make some decisions about, uh, like they want to call Verona back up, etc., and everybody else is at full health, I think like Suter and Ernie conversation about like next person to just like not make it through the season. Now that that may never arise because we may never be fully healthy. And in Verona, like who knows what's going to happen with him the remainder of the season. So that, that may never come to fruition. We might never have to be the front office might not have to be put in that situation, but um, I, I think he's, he's yeah. I, I don't expect Suter to, to be on this team. And after three months from now, I agree. Um, so then the last guy we got to talk to is Oscar Sundquist, uh, yeah. another pending UFA for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, 18 games and 39 games played so far this season. I mean, he's he's on pace as well to break his career high in points. Uh, 74 games in 2018-2019, the year the St. Louis Blues won the Cup. He had 31 points in 74 games played. So he's about on pace to beat those. I'm not. I don't have the exact numbers upright in front of me. But, you know, he, I think Oscar Sundquist has been another player who I think has been as advertised. I, he's a bottom six forward and he's been playing that role nicely. He's a big guy. He's been playing that role nicely. I don't have a lot bad to say or a lot and a lot amazing to say about Oscar Sundquist and his style of play. I think he has been exactly what you're paying him to be. And thus, thusly, I think giving him a C is probably right in the wheelhouse yeah yeah i was thinking a c or a c plus i was thinking right around there he's been uh what you have asked of him he has given you what was asked of him uh you know he he provides that that size and that kind of big body which is kind of an intangible thing so that kind of has and not that he's executed it you know like better than anyone we've ever seen but that, you know, he, he is a body that they like to throw in front of the net and, and has some special teams work as well and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm fine with a, a C he, is fine. C, C he, plus, somewhere in that range. He does have his highest points per game right now of his career, which would put him on pace. I just check in well. I just, yeah. Hockey reference is great. There's so many useful sites out there for stats, hockey reference, evolving hockey, natural stat trick for when you want to, you know, pull up the stat sheet on some guys. <laughs> but, I mean, that does the forward core, right? We decided – so this – we did decide in this episode kind of not to really grade Fabry. 
just because it seemed to yeah, be. pretty much. Once we started talking about it, and we're like, oh, he only played 12 games. I think recency bias took a hold there. We're like, he's been playing not that long, right? Ago. Um, but the rest of them, with the exception of Valeno, we were pretty close on. Same with episode one about this. And then we got another part ahead of us yet, probably going to be Friday's episode. So we might, we still want to do a mailbag. So Monday might be the mailbag, which gives us more time to get questions in. But yeah, Friday, tomorrow, the whole weekend, we'll knock out the defensemen and the goalies. And should do coaching staff at some point, but that doesn't have to be a whole episode. That can be a segment or two on a different sure. episode. But so, yeah, finish this up tomorrow then. Scotty, you got any final thoughts, any final grades? You want to give the offense an overall grade? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, golly. I think like around a C or a C plus probably. Yeah, I I might go C or C minus in my eyes. I don't know. This is really tough because we talked we've talked a lot about like we gave more players a letter grade over a C than under a C, but like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, but like the offense all is like it, it's it's weird because I you know, like expectations of individual players definitely play a role in that and expectations of the offense as a whole is definitely different than some of these individual guys. And um, yeah, it, it's just like for me, it just individually, nobody is really having just like a horrible, catastrophic, oh my goodness, that, you know, this dude is ruining the offense. This is terrible type of season. And, and really, there's no line like either that is really just plummeted what my expectations of them were but um nobody has like gone above and beyond and, and like i say it all the time like broken record but like this team doesn't have a pure goal score at all and um it's 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 led to some pretty inconsistent play so yeah i, I think like uh i think I'll, I'll go with a c plus for the offense my problem lies within we've talked about this before my expectations for them in the standings versus my expectations for them on the ice there's clearly a defined <laughs> split in my head where like they should all be scoring so many goals. But then like, if they were, they would be like on a 95 point pace rather than like an yeah. 85. It's like, they're on an 85 point pace. So I guess technically the offense is meeting my expectation, but then I watch them and I'm like, they can't score goals or 20. They are 25th in the league and goals four. So it's like, let's just say C. I think that's fair. Sure, I think fair we had enough. a lot of C rated guys in this. Brian yeah, I think Fisher, A plus. Thank you. Scotty Bentley, just a regular A. Yeah, it's, it's pushing it, I think, yeah. C's get degrees, baby. Um, no, you get an A+, plus, Scotty. <laughs> uh, your men's league play, letter grade. A D, Jesus Christ. We did go with an, uh, an I because <laughs> you can't play a game without dislocating your shoulder. No, I did last night or wow. Tuesday by the time people are listening to this. Probably. I played the entire game and we dominated this team that was way younger than us it was <laughs> so nice like these guys were like they were still they still their high school gear like high school helmets high school pants some guys had like college shells and you go out there and you see young guys with shells and helmets that are like colored and you go oh god like this team's gonna stomp us and they, but it was just a bunch of ton of guys who just dangled the puck they all wanted to be the goal scorer so every time they try to make a movie you go poke Right off their stick. And they were like yelling F-bombs every time they would lose the puck. It's like, like the thing I don't get and I don't understand uh, playing against young teams is, and there's just a cocky mentality. The thing they can just dangle around. I'm 27. I'm acting like I'm some ancient guy. 
But well, to these young teams that are coming in full of 18 to 22 year olds, you know, they all think they can just dance right through everyone. It's like, no, you could just skate by us. Use your speed and skate on the outside. You're going to burn past me every time because I can't keep up. But they all want to dangle through. And it's like, well, okay, I thrive just on one literally on one. just check my left shoulder, dude. And, like, it's over. Right. Like, it's right um, okay, I guess. Right literally shoulder. Just breathe on my right shoulder. I was – every time I was in front of the net, I had my arm tucked like right, this. Yeah. I was like, don't even – I don't even want to risk this going. Man, you can't right. let the scouting report get out. <laughs> Man, you can't let that report get out. He's unable, unable to use right side of body. Brian Fisher dealing with an upper body injury all season. Been nagging him. That's why his <laughs> production is falling off. <laughs> we'll see how he feels during warm-ups. Right, um, yeah. Anyway, Scotty, beer league tangent over. Final thoughts? We both. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow doing defense and goalies. Same time, same place. It's your team every Every day. day.